I'm Devin Skillion. I'm so glad you're with us. Tonight we're going to cover a wide range of topics that matter most to Detroit voters and find out where our candidates stand. I am joined by three panelists who will be asking the questions tonight. Kimberly Gill, my partner at the Anchor Desk here at WDIV Local 4. Christine Ferretti is here, City Hall reporter for the Detroit News, and Chastity Pratt-Dossi, reporter uh, for Bridge Magazine and a contributor to Detroit Public Television. Thank the three of you for being here. The candidates, as you know by now, are State Senator Coleman Young II and the current mayor of Detroit, Mayor Mike Duggan. Gentlemen, I thank both of you for being here as well. We're going to begin with opening statements. Each candidate will have one minute and 30 seconds. Campaign representatives drew for order uh, before the show. And Senator Young, you will go first. Good evening. Detroit is a tale of two cities. It's the best of times for those who are privileged and the worst of times for everybody else. These are the times that try men's souls. Reason why I'm running for mayor is young Demond Grimes, who was murdered by the state police for riding an ATV. For Miss Smith, who was terrorized in her own house by suburban police, and the Detroit police did not show up. For Malice Green, who was murdered, and my opponent covered it up. We deserve better. I'm running for mayor for the people who had their water shut off, for the people who lost their houses due to foreclosure, to the people who either got their license suspended or who are in jail because of racist auto insurance redlining. I'm running to be your next mayor because everywhere my opponent has been, there's been a criminal investigation. Whether he was at DMC, whether he was at DPS, whether he was at Wayne County, and now with the city. He needs to step aside and let an honest young man get the job done for all Detroiters. I'm Coleman Young II, and I'm asking you for your vote. It's time to take back the motherland for the people. Thank you for your opening statement. Mayor Duggan, you also have a minute 30 for your opening statement. I want to thank WDIV, our media partners, and the people of the city of Detroit. You elected me four years ago in a campaign that we'll never forget. I got thrown off the ballot. I ended up running as a write-in against a barber. But I got elected with support from every corner of this city. You can see how this year's campaign is going to go. A bunch of trumped-up charges, a lot of attacks on me and my plans from a candidate with not a single plan of his own. That's the way it's been, and that's the way it's going to be tonight. But here's what I know. In the 10 years before bankruptcy, 200,000 people left the city of Detroit, driven out by no streetlights, no buses, 9-11 uh, response time that could take an hour. And the 200,000 people that left were the working families that could move to the suburbs. They could afford it, and they left behind a city with the highest poverty and unemployment rate in America. There were those who said we couldn't make it. I believe... We can do it. And in the last four years, we've turned down 65,000 lights, knocked down 13,000 homes, bought 200 buses, cut police and fire response time in half, and put 20,000 Detroiters back to work. And in the next four years, we're going to be able to continue to build on that success, and I hope I'll have your support. Gentlemen, thank you. Let's get now to our questions. Each candidate will have uh, one minute and 30 seconds to answer the same question, which will be addressed to each. Then each candidate will have the opportunity for a 30-second rebuttal if he should want it. I will enforce the time limits uh, fairly and firmly. I would describe it as politely ruthless. I also want to mention we took into consideration the feedback that we received from our viewers and readers when choosing the questions. We thank the overwhelming response uh, for the interest in this debate. All right, let's start things off with my colleague here from WDIV. 
Kimberly Gill, you've got the first question, which will be for Mayor Duggan, who will answer first. Okay, Mayor Duggan, my first question is about crime. And last month, the FBI released crime statistics that anoint Detroit as America's most violent city. There has been some dispute over the way the statistics are compiled, but whether Detroit is first or 10th or 20th, residents here know they live in a city that is far too dangerous. What will you do to create a safer, less crime-ridden city? I don't need uh, any statistics to know this city is not as safe as it needs to be. Uh, and my opponent's plan apparently is fire Chief Craig, which I couldn't disagree with more. In the last, uh, if you look at what happened when Chief Craig arrived, he came in when there were five police chiefs in five years. The police officers in this city had had their uh, pay cut 10%, had their health care cut, had their pensions cut. They were leaving the department in droves and they created a crisis that when you called 911, people wouldn't show up for an hour. I sat down with Chief Craig and we attacked the problem. We took 200 officers who were dispatching cars and behind desks, moved into the street to cut the response time in half. And then we made the painful decisions to cut other programs so we can embark on the largest police hiring program we've had in years. We hired 400 police officers the last two years. We have 150 more in the academy today. We're hiring 200 more this year. And as they're coming out, we're deploying them into precincts with the highest crime area. In a program called ceasefire where we're partnering with the feds and we're cracking down on those gun crimes we're only in five precincts now in january we'll be adding the fourth and the seventh precincts and we're going to keep going when you take that combined with the strategies we've seen on green light where 200 businesses now have partnered with us uh, we believe we're on a good track we have a long way to go and we need to stay with it so young your response on the question about crime and with all that, we are still the most violent city in America. What I want to do is first I want to have a homicide review commission where we review all the homicides and we get all the departments within the city of Detroit, like the health department, to be able to review these homicides. The second thing I want to do is treat violence like a virus so that we can make sure that we go up to the center of disease control to make sure that we can be proactive and find out where the root causes of these violent problems are so we can bring them to justice. We also want to expand the police mini stations and we want to make sure that police officers are walking the beats and we'll use just is burn grants to be able to do that. We also want to use National Integration Ballistics Information Network to be able to use trace data to find these crime guns and get them off the street. We also want to make sure that we put people back to work by raising the minimum wage and creating jobs because there is no problem in this city that a good paying job can't fix, like the Honorable Coleman Young said. Mayor Young, if you'd like, I'm sorry, Mayor Duggan, if you'd like it, you've got uh, 30 I'll, I'll seconds. I'll take it down. That's okay. You call it Mayor Young. I'll receive it. I'll receive it. Uh, and this, again, will tell us where we are. Open up mini stations, take police out of the patrol cars, and put them back behind a desk. It makes no sense. Put officers on the beat walking the beats. You better hope that they're walking in front of your house when you dial 911. What we have done is deploy officers to cut the response time. And the green light now has cut the violent crimes in half in 200 areas or zones of danger that are now zones of safety. It'll be 400 by next year. We can make this better. And that's time. Senator Young, you've got We are the seconds. most violent city in America. Violent crimes have gone up by 15.7%. There are 2,094 per 100,000 violent crimes in this city. Whatever he's talking about doing is not working. 
Mothers are burying their children. And Chief Craig is more interested about making the numbers work and talking about Christ's net than putting together a plan to keep the people safe. This is incompetence on parade, and that's why Senator, we need to change in leadership. And that's time, Senator. Let's move to our second question. That comes from Christine Ferretti uh, from the Detroit News. And Senator Young, you'll be answering first. Uh, neighborhood revitalization is considered a key to Detroit's growth. Right. How will you improve the neighborhoods in the city that continue to struggle, and where will you get the money to do that? Well, thank you, Christine. The first thing I want to do is I want to have community development corporations in the neighborhoods. We also want to take the money from the home funds, from the Hope Six funds, that's money for affordable housing, and put that in the neighborhoods. We also want to encourage the pension funds to be able to invest money into affordable housing. We want to put our people back to work rebuilding our roads and our infrastructure. We also want to make sure we get grants from the Economic Development Administration and from New Markets tax credits to be able to start small businesses. 53% of the jobs in Detroit are small businesses 64 percent of those are in the neighborhoods that's what we want to do to put people back to work and to invest in our neighborhoods we also want to make sure that uh, we partner up with um, the well, excuse me we also want to make sure that we have asset control areas that's also money from the federal government where we designate zones to be able to get rid of these blighted homes and these blighted properties we also want to make sure that we open up the land bank process to allow people to buy these side lots and and also to allow people to be able to buy properties for a dollar again. If we could get back to these things, I think we could have more development within the neighborhoods. And I think, and I also want to make sure that we set a record in hiring minority contractors and pay them when they do the job. Mayor Duggan, you've got a minute 30 on the same question on neighborhoods. Um, we have an awful lot of vacant houses in this city that are in good shape, structurally sound. In the last three years, we've taken 3,000 vacant houses, taken them away from the homeowners who neglected them, sold them on the website, buildingdetroit.org, and moved families back in, 3,000 families occupied. Uh, Senator Young says he wants to sell side lots. He's a little late to the party. We've sold 8,200 side lots to next-door neighbors who are maintaining them so they could add swing sets and, and slides and gardens. And then what we are doing is taking the strategy that works so well in Midtown, and we call it the Strategic Neighborhood Fund. We are starting to go to 10 neighborhoods across the city and investing all kinds of money. We've lined up now 60 million dollars in private money and this week in West Village we just opened the co they built beautiful new apartments in retail we're doing the same thing in the Fitzgerald neighborhood at McNichols and Livernois where we're renovating 115 houses and then out in Old Redford uh, we're about to kick off a program we're going to renovate 50 houses around the old Holcomb school we're going from neighborhood to neighborhood and then for the storefronts we need to create beautiful areas where businesses want to invest and I'm very proud to say yesterday. Detroit City Council approved my proposal for a $125 million bond issue. We're going to put $80 million into 23 neighborhood quarters, your shopping quarters, making them beautiful flowers and walkways and the like, and recreate those old shopping districts. That's the plan we have for the next four years. And Mayor, that's time. Would you like another 30 seconds on this topic? Yes. Mike, I want you to look into that camera, and I want you to say that to the 100,000 people who've had their water shut off.
I want you to say that to the over 28,000 people who had their houses foreclosed on. I want you to go in there and I want you to say that to the 38,000 people who have hepatitis A, to the 10 people who have died from Legionnaire's disease because of these water shutoffs, a policy which is killing people, by the way. Go look them in the face and tell them that these neighborhoods are coming back, that you're making all these investments for them. I want you to go out and there. And Senator, the that's time. Okay. Mayor. Uh, I'd like you to look in the face and say one thing that's true. Legionnaire's disease from water shutoffs and all this other nonsense. But here's what I do know on foreclosures. When I came in, we had 6,000 homeowners a year being foreclosed on because the treasurer, by law, if he made a payment plan, had to charge 18% interest. You were doing nothing in Lansing. But I went to Lansing, got a bill passed with the treasurers, got a program where they can get 6% loans, and we cut the foreclosures by 88% this year. We're keeping people in their homes well, you're missing your votes in Lansing. No, that's not the format. If you want to come back to it later, you'll have to take it out of another question. This is the format that you gentlemen agreed on. I'm just the referee. Our next question will come from Chastity Pratt-Dossie. Mayor Duggan will be answering this question first. Chastity? Yes, let's switch it up a bit. Okay, the dismantling of the Detroit schools couldn't have come at a worse time. Over the last 20 years, when the city needed the schools to produce young people who were college-bound and skilled in trades. The schools earned the nation's worst test scores and essentially were bankrupted under state control. So we know that the city doesn't control the schools, but the city owns dozens of abandoned schools and local employers need a skilled workforce. So what does the city government need to do to help the schools recover so that the schools can help the city recover? Mayor, you're first. Oh, thank you. Chastity, you're absolutely right. What the state takeover of the schools did over the last 10 years uh, was devastating. And I don't believe the mayor should run the schools, but I've said I want to be the best partner they've ever had, which was why when the teachers came to me three years ago with terrible conditions in the school, we went in and partnered with the parents uh, and did inspections and brought every school up to code and got the lead out of the water. And probably the biggest tragedy was that there has been a school known as the Randolph Academy at McNichols at Hubble. And years ago, you had hundreds of high school students from the city of Detroit who would build houses in these schools. They learned carpentry and plumbing and bricklaying skills and the like. And the emergency manager let it go to nothing. I went to Dr. Vitti and Alicia Merriweather and said, we've got thousands of jobs we can't fill. Let's reopen Randolph. I lined up $10 million in private investment, got all the building trade unions on board. And last month, Randolph reopened with all of the equipment, 300 students enrolled. And here's the beauty. This month, we're going to take that same equipment and those same trainers, and after 3 o'clock at night, when the students go home, we're going to open up to train adults so their moms and dads can come in in the evening to get the training for the skills they need. We are looking to replicate that now with Dr. Vitti, with auto mechanics and culinary arts. We're in these conversations today because this is where I think Detroit's partnership with DPS should be, making sure our students are being trained for the jobs of the next generation. So, Young, you've got 90 seconds on a question about the schools and the role that the city government and uh, the mayor's office can play. 
the role that the schools should play, I think the city should play for the schools, is one, we need to be able to work with the skilled trade unions to be able to make sure that we have um, skilled trades in these schools. Secondly, what we need to teach is skilled trades in these schools. Secondly, what we need to do is we need to be able to make sure that we have uh, community schools. So we have schools with wraparound services, job training, tax preparation, baby college, a health care center. These are things that we'll choose in some schools and we'll work with the schools in order to do that. We also need to make sure that we have expanded learning time. That's we have kids in school for longer school days and longer school years. And let me say this too. I tried to put forth this plan with my opponent and he rejected it. The education system in the city of Detroit is a 19th, is a 21st century, we're living in a 21st century world and we're educating our children in a 19th century model. And let me say this too about him saying earlier about my record. I'm not going to have my record questioned about me voting on laws or making laws when my opponent can't even follow the laws. He admitted to bid rigging and colluding on television. How is he going to criticize me on how I vote and don't vote? And we don't even know not, whether or not he's going to jail after this debate is over. I think it's wrong. I think it's shameful. We deserve better leadership. Mayor, you got 30 seconds to answer that. Boy, for a guy who's sensitive to criticism, you sure don't mind uh, making stuff up. Obviously, I was never engaged in bid rigging, never uh, admitted to it or anything like that. But what the senator wants to avoid is this. Every problem he just talked about with the schools, lack of wraparound services, lack of extra time, are state issues. The state funds it. And his criticisms are right, but I can't figure out what job he's running for. Because it sounds like as state senator, he failed to get the funding for these programs. And a big part of it is he's missed 30% of the votes in last year because he doesn't go to work. I'm afraid that's time. Senator, 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, and, and my response to that is this is the same person who had a pay-for-play scheme when he was a contractor. And while he was running for county prosecutor, if the people who he was contracting with gave him money, he would in turn give them contracts. This is going to criticize me. He has had a level of criminal investigation everywhere he's been. And let me say this about the schools. The mayor has a bully pulpit and you can lead. He went up to Lansing and tried to do and it and failed. I'm afraid from my, from, my pulpit, uh, from my pulpit, I see the red light. The time is up on that one. Let's move now to our next question. That'll be uh, for Kimberly Gill and Mayor, uh, Senator Young, rather, will be answering this question first. Okay, Senator Young, the competition to win Amazon's second headquarters has brought into focus the debate over what cities are willing to do to attract businesses and jobs. Whether it's Amazon, a new sports stadium, or perhaps building the tallest skyscraper in the city. Public money and tax breaks are spent to subsidize billion dollar businesses and wealthy CEOs. Mm -hmm. What is the best practice for businesses and investment in a way that's fair and equitable to the people who live in the city of Detroit? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to make sure that Detroiters actually get these jobs. If you look at what happened with the Red Wing Stadium, only 33% of Detroiters got jobs. That's the problem. Detroit is 80% black, and black folks only make up 33% of all the jobs. That's wrong. That's apartheid. The second thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we have proper transit infrastructure. And the reason why Amazon didn't come here was because we did not have, we did not have serious mass transit, one. Oh, the only thing we have now is the Q line that goes 3.3 miles that my opponent supported. 
one. Secondly, we need to make sure that we have the proper airport infrastructure. And I'm working with somebody within the Tuskegee Airmen who says he wants to bring airports and he wants to bring business to the airport. And that's what we should do. We should be able to have a 21st century airport. We shouldn't be making the airport a drag strip. And that's what we're doing right now. And if we would have listened to the Honorable Coleman Young when he wanted to build mass transit to the suburbs, if we would have did what we told him to do, what he told us to do it, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now. But again, this is just failed leadership. And my opponent's going to get up here and try to talk about spin and try to talk about all these other things about what he could have did. But I'm here to tell you the truth and the facts because they matter. Mayor, you've got uh, 90 seconds on the question, which was about uh, balancing the needs of investment in business uh, with the needs of the citizenry. Yeah. Uh, while my opponent talks about what he's going to do, let me talk about what I have done. We landed Ally Bank, 1,400 employees on their way to the suburbs and got them into the city of Detroit. We got the headquarters of uh, Fifth Third Bank from the suburbs, 350 jobs. The largest seat maker in America, Adyen, is moving 500 jobs from Milwaukee to their world headquarters to downtown Detroit. Uh, Sock the Automotive, a manufacturing company with 700 jobs making parts for Ford and GM cars. We got to locate here on the site of the abandoned Southwestern High School, and they've hired 200 returning citizens. We are training our, our returning citizens while they're in prison and bringing them straight into employment, and probably the one that I'm proudest of, Flexingate. If you go over to 94 in Van Dyke, there's a $165 million auto plant being built there right now. They're going to make the front ends for Ford trucks, hire 500 people. And they did it through a community benefit process. Councilman Scott Benson sat the Flexigate leadership down with the community and they agreed on noise and traffic restrictions. They agreed for local preference on hiring. Uh, and they will be hiring next year Detroiters. So when Senator Young says we lost Amazon, we haven't lost Amazon at all. The city of Detroit is starting to win again. And 20,000 more Detroiters are working today than we're working four years ago because we're working together. So Young, if you'd like it, you got another 30 yes, seconds yes, on yes. this? Sure. Yes. There he goes again, talking about what they're doing downtown or midtown. What about the neighborhoods? What about the people? You have the unemployment rate of 22% or higher in these neighborhoods. We are the most violent and have the most poverty in this city. Whatever he said he's doing, it's not trickling down to the people. It's not being given out to the neighborhoods. That's what matters. That's where most of the people live. And we only have mass transit that goes 3.3 miles. I'm that's we time. don't have leadership that cares. Senator, I'm afraid that's time. Mayor, another 30 seconds for you if you'd like it. You know, he wants to talk about two Detroits. There's two Senator Youngs. He's attacking jobs in downtown Detroit. In July, we passed five bills in Lansing for tax breaks for downtown development that are going to be a great thing. Senator Young sponsored. He was the co-sponsor of all five bills for Dan Gilbert and Mike Illich's downtown development. They were good bills, but they were his. When he's in Lansing, he's sponsoring the tax breaks for downtown, and I notice when he talks about his legislative accomplishments when he comes back to the city, he never mentions the fact that uh, he's taken two positions depending on where he is. Gentlemen, thank you. We're only going to take one uh, break in the middle of our 60 minutes, and we will continue with the questions live from WDAV Studios in just a moment. Let's now get back to the questions. Christine Ferretti from the Detroit News, a question that uh, will go to Mayor Duggan first. Christine. Thanks, Devin. Uh, Mayor Duggan, Detroit residents, as we know, pay some of the highest rates in the country for auto insurance. 
No fault reform has been on the agenda for years, but cutting rates will, are going to require some statewide support, and it's not something that the mayor can accomplish directly. How will you address the high cost of insurance in the city? Detroiters have been ripped off on car insurance for years. People in Ohio pay $900 a car. People in the rest of the state pay $2,400 a car. And people in Detroit pay $3,600 a car because Lansing has imposed this no-fault system on us. And it is ridiculous. In 1972, doctors and hospitals were allowed to charge whatever they want. Nobody's ever fixed that. And your car insurance is so high because today, if you were on Medicare and you went in for an MRI, Medicare would pay your doctor and clinic $500. But if you've been in a car accident, they'll pay $3,200 for that same MRI. And the lawyers have figured out how to take a third of it, which is why you see all these billboards and all these ads. It's time that we deal with it. And so we have proposed with the NAACP and a whole lot of community organizations a plan that says, let's treat Michigan like the rest of the country. If you want to buy the same kind of health insurance as the rest of the country, and it's your choice, driver's choice, nobody taking anything away from you, you will have a 20 to 50% reduction. And if you're a senior citizen right now, you're being terribly ripped off. If you were in a car accident in any other of the 49 states, Medicare would cover you, your hospital, your rehab. But the state of Michigan requires you to buy unnecessary duplicate coverage. We have a chance to pass driver's choice right now to put $700 in the pockets of the average Detroiter, $1,000 in the pocket of every senior citizen, and I'm tired of our legislators in Lansing having excuses why they can't get anything done. That's time. Senator Coleman, uh, Coleman Young, your uh, thoughts on addressing this terrible car insurance problem that faces Detroiters? Yes. The reason why auto insurance is too high is because of racist redlining. We need to stop, we need to make sure that auto insurance companies stop charging people based on their territory. That's why as mayor, one, I'm going to sue the auto insurance company to stop this racist redlining from going on in the city of Detroit. Secondly, I'm going to direct my chief of police to stop asking people for their proof of insurance. Because all you're doing is taxing poor people and people who are mandated to buy a product that they can't afford. They charge based on your sex. They charge based on your race. They charge based on your occupation. They charge based on your education. It's wrong. We need change. Now, and let me say this. We also need to change the definition of what is excessive in auto insurance. In the 44-year history of auto insurance, a rate has never been deemed excessive. We need to go back to the federal government standard for the Federal Insurance Office of the United States Department of Treasury that said that auto insurance should be more than 2% of your income. And let me also say this. He wanted to talk about my record earlier. Let me just say, the reason why I voted for those bills is because I'd rather see somebody kick a soccer ball in a soccer stadium than carry a ball and chain in a jail cell. While my opponent was locking people up, young black men, for low-level drug possession, as a county prosecutor, I'm going to be fighting to make sure that we stop the war on drugs and the war on black and brown people. Mayor Duggan, my hunch is you'd like a 30-second rebuttal. <laughs> this is the Lansing nonsense people are tired of. You're going to file a lawsuit? The NAACP filed the redlining lawsuit in 1993. It went on for three years. And they lost because the insurance companies proved that Detroiters being charged more because of these medical expenses and all these lawyers and doctors preying on us. And they said, you have to fix it in Lansing. And, Senator, you ran for office and said you were going to fix it. And 10 years later, you've delivered squat.
not. Driver's Choice will get us relief now, and I'm glad people like Senator Ian Conyers, Representative Sylvia Santana, have the courage to stand up. Senator Young, I assume you'd like 30 yes, seconds I would as well like to respond. First of all, first of all, I'm the only person on this stage that actually passed an auto insurance reform bill through a chamber in the legislature. One. Secondly, let me also say that what we're planning on doing for lawsuits is to make sure that we sue based on not just race, but your sex and also your occupation. We also want to make sure to see if we can file a national class action lawsuit because people are redlined not just in Detroit, but also in Pennsylvania, also in Chicago. And I want to work and with the United States Conference of Mayors to get that and done. And that's time, Senator. All right, next question comes again from Bridge Magazine reporter Chastity Pratt-Dossey, and this question will be directed first to Coleman Young. Okay. Each of you has faced some tough criticism in the public and from each other, um, whether it's fair or unfair. Uh, even right now, there are people outside, Mayor Duggan, they're blaming you for fudging crime stats, for saying that um, for the $200 million federal investigation, I mean, it goes on and on, can't right? can't imagine and, whose supporters they are. <laughs> uh, for the $200 million investigation into the demolition um, program. And Mayor Young, you've been uh, facing criticism from people who are saying you are building a political career on your father's name. Mm -hmm. You don't have legislative mm -hmm. accomplishments of your own. This is a question of public integrity, which I would like for you to add, answer specifically. Why should people trust you. And Senator Young, you're first on this. Well, I have a 10-year record. I passed legislation regulating the medical marijuana industry. Historic civil rights legislation, making sure that pregnant women receive mandatory paid leave. I've created 10,000 jobs through the movie tax credit industry. I've also passed legislation involving energy cost recovery. I've passed legislation appropriating $2 million to focus hope. $500,000 to Charles H. Wright Museum and $6.8 for Heat Neat. Those are programs for heating assistance and food assistance, which allows us to draw down over $300 million from the federal government. But I've also never been investigated for a crime federally, and I've never admitted to bid rigging and colluding on television like my opponent. I think it's time for integrity. I think it's time for someone that's going to fight for you and your family, who's going to invest in the neighborhoods and not just downtown, who's going to try to fight to end the drug war, not to continue it, who understands that we need people who are trying to put us to work and put the neighborhoods to work, not put the people who donated billions, millions of dollars to his campaign to work. That's why I'm running for mayor. And that's why you should trust me, because I'm unbought and unbossed. My back isn't bent and it's not meant to be ridden. Mayor Duggan, your thoughts on public trust? You know, I've lived 30 years in public life from deputy county executive to running the smart bus system to prosecutor DMC. And everything the senator said is flat out wrong. There was never any criminal investigation of DMC. The criminal investigation that occurred in Wayne County in 20 years ago, the U.S. Attorney explicitly said, was never targeted at me. Uh, and he's making up this nonsense about bid rigging. Uh, but I believe the people of the city uh, will make a decision based on what they've seen. And I think integrity is doing what you say you're going to do. And the biggest thing we need in this city is to spread opportunity. Because I am a great believer that the talent in this world is spread evenly. But what is not is opportunity. And particularly with our children who have no chance to go to school. And, and so 
and I talk to parents who say, what do I tell my son and daughter about going to college? We got together and passed the Detroit Promise. And the Detroit Promise, we became the first big city in America to guarantee every single graduate of a high school in Detroit two years of community college guaranteed. And then we added to it four years guaranteed if you get a 3.0 on your grade point and get 20 on your ACT. So that now moms and dads and grandparents can say to their kids at 12 and 14 and 16, study hard. The money will be there for you. Your future doesn't have to be determined by the zip code that you live in. And that's what I mean by one Detroit for all of us. Everybody can prosper, and we're going to work really hard. 1,200 high school students in college this month and on the promise. Time. Senator Young, you've got 30 seconds if you'd like it. Yep. There he goes again. He's saying there wasn't any criminal investigation. He had to pay $30 million to the federal government for violating anti-kickback laws. He admitted on Fox 2 News in front of Charlie Duff on television that he met with three contractors, that he had a negotiated price of those contractors, those three contractors got the bids, and then he put the bids out for everybody else a couple days later. If that's not bid rigging, I don't know what is. And, and if he hasn't done anything, why is the FBI still Senator, here? Senator, that's time. Mayor, 30 seconds for you. You know, you just don't have the slightest bit of shame. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable. I never met with any contractors. I never said uh, any such thing. You did? Uh, and the, there was never any criminal investigation at DMC. You should stop impugning the employees there. There was a civil self-disclosure as part of the sale transaction. There was never any criminal investigation. You just make this stuff up without any regard to what's true. And that's time for that. Uh, our next question comes uh, from WDIV's Kimberly Gill. Mayor Duggan will be answering this question first. Kim? Okay, Mayor, this next question is about race, the big pink elephant in the room that uh, nobody wants to really talk about, but is indeed an issue. Uh, the region has been plagued by racial division both in the city and the suburbs. Racism, economic segregation, and lack of job opportunities have all contributed to racial tension and fear of a Detroit split between the haves and have-nots. In a city that is 82% African-American, is it the responsibility of city government to address racial and economic tensions between longtime residents and new residents? And if so, how will you do it? It absolutely is the mayor's responsibility. Uh, and we do have haves and have-nots. But the responsibility of leadership is to make sure that where you start out does not determine where you end up. It means we have to have paths of opportunity. And it takes, there are so many barriers in the city of Detroit. 25% of our residents don't own a car. And when I started, half the buses were in the terminal. People couldn't get to work. You waited for a long time. We added 100 buses, 1,500 trips a week. We have people who don't have job training opportunities. And so we've set up Detroit at work. And now we have training programs for the hospital jobs. I went to DMC and Henry Ford and St. John's and said, why won't you hire Detroiters? And they said, they don't have the skills. So we started a program with Focus Hope and Oakland University. I just went for the first graduating class of 45 people, 35 of them, already have jobs at the hospitals and the other 10 are being interviewed. We are replicating these opportunities over and over. And some of the people who face the greatest discrimination are returning citizens. If we don't provide opportunities, then folks are just going to get right back up to what they were doing before. And so we started a program in connection with the state at Ryan Prison, where I've been on a number of occasions. And we go into Ryan for folks six months before they're going to be released and offer forklift training for jobs that are there $17 an hour. 
Uh, we offer culinary arts training for chefs, blight training, and we've already had 130 of these prisoners released 65 straight into good paying jobs. The job of the mayor is make sure there's opportunity for everyone. Senator Young, your thoughts on the role of, of government to address racial and that can often lead to economic tensions among uh, residents. Listen, Devin, if you're a black person in this country, you're three times more likely to be arrested. You're three times more likely to be handcuffed. You're three times more likely to be searched. You're five times more likely to be incarcerated. You're six times more likely to be incarcerated longer than your white counterparts. This is a serious issue. And what we need to do is we need a mayor who understands and hears the cries of the people and is willing to put people back to work, rebuilding our roads, tearing down these abandoned buildings, making sure that minority contractors get jobs, and when they get jobs, make sure they get paid, because that's not going on under my opponent's administration. But secondly, we also need a mayor that's going to talk to the people honestly about race and what's going on. That if you're an African-American person, you are two times more likely to be unemployed. Even if you have the same level of college education as your white counterparts, you're 103 times more likely to be in a more expensive mortgage, and you're more likely to have college debt than your white counterparts. That's why we need to raise the minimum wage to $15. That's why we need to make sure that we have people jobs and opportunities, and we have community benefits agreements with legally binding mandates where they don't hire Detroiters, and if they don't provide benefits in a neighborhood, they're going to be taking the court. Mayor, would you like 30 seconds more? Uh, I would. Uh, Senator Young says we should raise the minimum wage to $15. I agree with him. The problem is the state legislature, while he was there, passed a law that prohibits cities from doing it. If only we had a senator who would fight for us. I've just recently been fighting for another area of discrimination, driver responsibility fees that are keeping 20% of drivers from being able to get to their jobs legally. We passed the bill out of Senate last week. Senator Young, as usual, was AWOL and wasn't there. We're fighting for the rights of Detroiters, and he's not even going to work. Senator, you've got another half. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you for that. One, what I want to say <laughs> is, let me say this. I want to make sure that I put people back to work. Secondly, there he goes again. He's talking about what I'm not doing. If only we had a mayor who wasn't under criminal investigation, he would actually fight to make sure that we have minimum wage. The emergency manager was illegal. Hell, bid rigging and colluding was illegal. That didn't stop him. So I don't know why everything that's against the people is all legal and, and that's, everything that's for the people is all illegal. That, that's tough. That's wrong and we need change. Uh, Christine Ferretti has our next question, which uh, Senator Young will be addressing first. Christine. Senator Young, last November, voters rejected a $4.6 billion millage that would have expanded transit services across Metro Detroit. Mm -hmm. How do you believe in, here in Detroit the lack of mass transit is holding the city back? And what could you do as mayor to improve access for residents? Also, how do you convince people regionally that this is important enough to spend money on? What we need to do, one, is we need to make sure that we have something called SkyTran. That's something they did in Tel Aviv, Israel. That's something that they did in Mumbai, India. That's something they did in Colorado. Basically, that has elevated electric magnetic trains or pods that will go from new center all the way to eight mile it'll be under the same system that the people mover is under now this is very important because you have people you have about 67 percent of the citizens of the city of detroit who work who live in the city of detroit but who work outside of it and so what we need to do is we need to be able to make sure that people can get to work because you have over 36 percent of the folks who work outside who work for fifteen thousand dollars or less 
It's very important that we have mass transit. That's what I want to do. I want to make sure that we work on the state level as well as the federal level to be able to get funding for this. I want to make sure that we work with the um, TIFIA funds, the Transportation Innovation Financial Innovation Act, to make sure that we bring that money down to be able to pay for this. I also want to make sure that we get all of our money from the state gas tax as well to be able to invest in this very important program. Because 25% of the people in the city of Detroit don't have access to vehicles. People are hurting. You have folks who are walking over 20 miles just to get to work. That's not right, and we could do better, and we should do better. Mayor Duggan, you've got a, a minute and a half on this. It is, a, it's interesting, it is a very much a regional matter, uh, some of it out of the hands of the mayor's office. Uh, well, we're going to have another conversation about what do you say versus what do you do. Other than some kind of sky train that isn't operating anywhere, which is going to spend a bunch of money on, in 10 years, a senator hasn't done a thing for transit. I went into the smart bus system when it was closing in the 90s and turned it around and passed that millage. And nothing was more painful. When I started in January of 2014, remember that, that blizzard, that terrible winter with the blizzards all the time? People standing on street corners, 40% of the buses in the city of Detroit were in the garages because they were missing parts and were broken. And the feds wouldn't release the money. They essentially put us under receivership because we weren't maintaining the buses. I brought in a professional management. We hired 100 new mechanics. We hired 150 drivers. We got the federal funds released. We bought 100 new buses. And for people who were working jobs at 2 a.m., 24-hour service was completely gone in the city of Detroit, which means you either had to pay 25 bucks for a cab or you had a relative who really loved you to come get you when you got off at work at 2 in the morning. We've now put 24-hour service back on nine routes in the city. We've added 1,500 trips a week so people can have access. Now we need to go to the next step. And I'm already sitting down with the executives of the other three counties to say we have to have a transit system that does what Senator Young says, gets Detroiters to work frequently, but also has a lot more frequency to people in the city. If you don't have to worry you missed the bus, you got to wait 45 minutes, you're much more likely to get on it, and we are going to keep building the bus system here in the city of Detroit. Senator Young, you've got 30 yes, seconds. I would like, I'll, I'll like to respond to that. He was part of a mass transit authority up there in Lansing. He was trying to push this bill, and the only thing they got out of it was something that goes 3.3 miles. Now, I'm sorry. The city of Detroit is larger than downtown and midtown. Maybe if he would leave his office in Little Caesars Arena and actually come out into the neighborhoods, he would know that. People are hurting. People have to walk 26 miles just to get to work. They need transit, and they need and real transit, that's and the mayor should provide it to them. Mayor, you've got another 30 seconds. You just keep making this stuff up. Lansing didn't have anything to do with the queue line, and neither did I. It was privately funded. It isn't even a city function. But I do think at some point, we do need to need light rail. We ought to run it up the city of the street through Woodward, up to 8 Mile and up into Royal Oak. We ought to run it out Jefferson. And I think those are the kinds of plans that we ought to be talking about uh, together. Uh, and there's no question, Amazon might be the impetus. We finally move people off dead center. Uh, Chastity Pratt-Dossi, back to her for our next question. Mayor Duggan will be answering this question first. Chastity. I think a few of these questions we didn't get quite a direct answer on because the questions might be a little long, so I'm going to keep this one really short and sweet. No single industry has come to town to save Detroit since the auto industry jobs kind of dried up. So I want to talk a little bit more about jobs. Do you believe that small businesses are going to be the key to revitalizing Detroit? And if so, how do we 
support and encourage small businesses. Say Amazon doesn't come. What happens with supporting and providing jobs through small businesses? Mayor, you've got a minute and a half on this. Oh, um, you're absolutely right. Uh, there isn't going to be one strategy here. We've got the manufacturing facilities like Flex and Gate and Sakti. We've got the financial industries like Ally Bank and Fifth Third. But small business is the backbone. And one of the most important things is to make sure that as small business comes back, we're inclusive in who is participating. And so I sat down with an awful lot of small business folks, particularly entrepreneurs of color, and said, what do you need? And we cleaned up a lot of the permitting processes, sped up the, uh, the access. But the biggest thing was, what I heard from African-American and Latino businesses, we can't get loans. We can't get access to capital. So we built a partnership with the Kellogg Foundation and J.P. Morgan Chase. They started an Entrepreneur of Color Fund. And we now have 48 businesses open in this city uh, because of that. We started Motor City Match, where every single quarter, $500,000 is given out to new businesses. We have now opened 26 businesses, have 50 more in the pipeline, 70% are entrepreneurs of color. So you can go see Angela Hayes over by uh, Chandler Park uh, and visit her uh, at her daycare center, which she's opened up, or you can go uh, to the Detroit Training Center at 94 and 96, uh, where they are training people for all kinds of jobs. We can build this small business community, and if we put the streetscape money in, there's going to be a lot of neighborhoods that are going to want to be in. So you know, you've got 90 seconds on yes. uh, small business uh, and Jeff that, that, that was spin again. 62% of the mission finance went to downtown and midtown. It didn't go to the neighborhoods. What we want to do is we want to make sure we have community development corporations in the neighborhoods. We want to make sure we have community development financial institutions in the neighborhoods and community development credit unions. We also want to make sure that we have better banking ordinances so that we make sure that these banks, when they come into the city, that one, they're going to tell us how they're going to invest in the city, and two, how they're going to give loans to people in Detroit. In the city of Detroit, 17,000 minorities African-Americans did not get loans in the Detroit region. That's because we did not enforce the Community Reinvestment Act for these banks, which is what it's supposed to be doing. I think that's wrong. I think these are the things that we need to do to be able to invest. And also invest in new market tax credits, which are designed specifically to be able to bring investment into these impoverished areas and these impoverished neighborhoods. That's what we need to do. We need to create about 64% of the invest 60, small businesses have to invest 64% or have to be able to have or grow by 64%. It'd be three jobs per resident in order to be able to have full employment in the neighborhoods. These are things that we're going to be working on doing when I'm mayor. Mayor, would you like another 30 seconds? I sure would, because here we are again. Uh, what are you saying you're going to do versus what have you done? In 10 years, the senator hasn't done a darn thing to improve business development in the city. But Monday, I went to the opening of the Co over on Van Dyke at Agnes, where a developer by the name of Cliff Brown has built a new building with 12 apartment units, residential, and he told me, it is so successful developing in Detroit, I'm quitting my finance job at Ford after seven years, and I'm going full-time into development because there are opportunities in the city. We are building those opportunities. We are building them in the neighborhoods, and we're going to keep and going. And Senator Young, you've got 30 Yes, yeah, yes. And first of all, let me just say this <coughs> again. I'm, I'm a state senator. I'm not a mayor. 
I can't do both jobs. I know my opponent thinks I can do both jobs. And I know I make this look easy. It's his job to bring small business into the city. And he even said that his job was to make businesses grow in Detroit, not to help the people, not to employ the citizens, but to actually bring business into the city of Detroit. I want to make sure that we help small businesses. And I also want to reduce these regulations. Uh, we Sir, have that's, that, that's time. And in fact, uh, as I'm watching the clock here and trying to do the math in my head, uh, knowing that you both have closing statements still to make, I'd like to get to two more questions. So okay. with moderator's prerogative here, we're going to move to one-minute answers, and there will be no rebuttals on these two, because I would like to get to two questions that came in to us from viewers. And the first one is this. You are both, uh, and Senator Young, you'll be answering this first. You're both Democrats. Uh, Detroit gets millions of dollars in federal funding uh, for uh, combating blight, uh, creating jobs, uh, building transportation. So I guess the question for both of you is how do you, at a time that has become very politically polarized in Washington, how do you work with the Trump administration to keep Detroit in the best graces of the federal uh, reliance that we have? Senator Young, a minute on this. Well, what I want to do is I want to be able to reach out. I want to reach out to our federal partners. I want to reach out across the aisle to make sure that we talk to people. Because ultimately, I think there's more of us that brings us together than that divides us. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm, if I think if I show them my plan to reduce auto insurance, if I show them my plan to put people back to work, if I show them my plan to be able to grow small businesses, if I show them the plan to be able to make sure that we can provide mass transit for the citizens of Detroit and all the millions of dollars of investment that we have going into the city of Detroit, into the neighborhood. I want to make sure that we do that. And I'm not saying the investment downtown is bad. We just want that to go throughout the neighborhoods and throughout the communities, throughout Six Mile, throughout Seven Mile, and throughout Eight Mile. That's what I think I'll be doing. I think if I show them a plan and I show them what I want to do and how I want to do it, I definitely think that we'll be able to get the federal funds that we need. Because Detroit is so vital to the country. We put the world on wheels. We're also the ones that had the Motown sound. There's so many different things that we've done as a city. And I think if I show them all the great things that we have, I definitely will be able to get that federal investment. Mayor Duggan, you've got a minute on the relationship between Detroit and Washington. Question of what have you done versus what do you say? I have built bipartisan partnerships that have delivered. I didn't say, geez, I think I present something, maybe they'll give me money. In December of 2015, when we were running out of blight funds and we needed $125 million, I went to Senator Debbie Stabenow and said, I have an idea for how we get this out of Congress. The Republicans control the House and the Senate. She went and pushed it and says, here are our problems, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. I went to Jamie Dimon, the president of J.P. Morgan Chase, the largest bank in the country, who has become a believer in this administration. He got Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan on the phone, and he said, whatever else you're doing, you need to fund Detroit. Then we had a problem with a couple of uh, liberals on the other side for an unrelated reason. I reached out to Chicago to Reverend Jesse Jackson. He got those folks on the phone, and at midnight before Christmas, we got another $125 million, which is going to take down another 6,000 vacant homes through spring of 2019. This is the way you build bipartisan partnerships to deliver for the people. I got time for one more a one-minute answer from both of you. Wait, 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 uh, no, 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 no rebuttal on these. That's what I said earlier. I, I, we, we'll, I, I just want well, trying to get to as many viewer questions as we can. And the last one I'd like to get to for both of you. Uh, with a balanced budge, budget uh, this year, the city would expect to uh, emerge from the strict financial oversight that's been in place since our emergence from bankruptcy. Uh, but city retirees and others endured uh, a lot of sacrifices on Detroit's path to recovery. Uh, what will you do as mayor to ensure that there is no slip back into the financial disaster uh, that we've had before? 
And uh, Mayor, you, you're, you're first on this one, 60 seconds. Well, we just finished in 2015 the first balanced budget in 12 years. Then in 2016, the second balanced budget. And then this last June 30th, the third straight balanced budget. And I need to give credit for my partners on Detroit City Council. They have been rigorous to make sure that we uh, watch every dollar that we have. And I do expect this spring we will be released from financial oversight. And think about where we were in bankruptcy uh, not so long ago. And we've done it, while at the same time adding cops adding firefighters, adding buses. We've been very frugal in the way that we're handling. And I, I'm very pleased with the fact that for the first time in 20 years, the 9,000 employees of the city of Detroit, the city employee unions, are supporting the incumbent mayor because for the first time in a decade, they're not worried about losing their jobs this Christmas. Uh, so, Young, you've got uh, 60 seconds on the same topic. They're not losing their jobs this Christmas because they already lost their jobs during the bankruptcy. One, let me also say, people's pensions were cut, people's health care was cut. What I want to do in order to make sure that we have a balanced budget is, one, I want to have contingency contracts. That's basically working with people to be able to find where they can find efficiencies and savings to be able to cut down costs. We also want to be able to make sure that we have uh, staff to manager ratios. We also want to be able to make sure, I mean, it's going to be hard to do this because of the plan of adjustment. So we're not going to have, able to have the freedom that we need and also the fact that you have the um, local uh, financial uh, review commission that I voted against that uh, also is uh, hindering us from being able to do these things. These are some of the things that I'm willing to do in order to make sure that we have a balanced budget and our finances are going to get back in order. And I also want to make sure that we get the $100 million that we need from uh, people who live in the city but who work outside of it in tax withholding. All right, Senator, and that's going to do it for the questions. I think we managed to get to a lot of topics tonight. Time now for our closing statements. You each are going to have, again, a minute and a half uh, to make your final case to the voters of Detroit during this campaign. And again, this goes back to the way that the ping pong balls fell earlier as we uh, drew for our order. So we will start the closing statements. Uh, 90 seconds for you, Senator Coleman-Young. Thank you. I want to thank WDIV. I want to thank my opponent. I want to thank Detroit Public Television for having this debate. Chastity Pratt Dawsey did an article that said that my opponent, Mike Duggan, said that a mayor should be judged. The standard should be whether or not he can keep the population from going down. And that if he cannot increase the population, that he would not be reelected. Those are out of his own words. I just want to say, I agree. If you want somebody that's going to fight for your jobs, fight for your houses, fight to make sure you have water in the house, fight to stop this racist auto insurance redlining in the city of Detroit, fight for those mothers who've been killed on the street due to gun violence by making sure police officers are on the block, fight to make sure that we can raise the minimum wage to $15 for the mother who has to work two or three jobs that can't make men's meat, fight to make sure for those families, those women who work who are overworked and underpaid. If you want a man who's going to stand up and fight for what's right and what's true, vote Coleman Alexander Young II. It is time to take back the motherland. It is time to take our freedom back. Vote for change. Vote for Coleman Young for mayor. So, Young, thank you very much. Mayor Duggan, your uh, closing statements, and again, you've got a minute 30 for that. Senator Young's right. I set as a goal that after 60 straight years of losing population, I wanted to see us growing. 
We've gone from losing 20,000 people a year to last year, losing 3,000, the smallest amount in 60 years. I believe this year we'll be gaining, but I'll leave it to the people of the city of Detroit, whether you want me to finish the job, because now we're at the hard part. We've got to extend the development in downtown and midtown, spread it all through the neighborhoods. We've got to take those folks who feel like they've been left behind in their comeback and make them a part of it. And here's how we're going to do it. The $60 million that we have lined up in the strategic neighborhood funds is about to go into these neighborhoods that started already in West Village and in the Fitzgerald neighborhoods filling in houses, filling in storefronts. The $80 million to build those shopping corridors back so you'll have a walkable neighborhood. I'm very proud of the fact next year we're going to start off a $700 million infrastructure program, building new water mains and paving the roads. It's all been funded between our bond issues and our regional water deal. $700 million to put Detroiters back to work. And for those who want to go to college, the Detroit Promise guarantees it to you because you're in high school. And if you don't want to go to college, the Detroit at Work training program, we got 20,000 more Detroiters working, but if we haven't reached you, go to the Detroit at Work website, and we've got jobs right now in hospital systems and in skilled trades and in manufacturing facilities. When I was elected mayor four years ago, it was the greatest honor of my life. I know the job's not done, but if you'll give me one more term, I'll do everything I can to build one Detroit for all of us. Thank Gentlemen, you. thank you both so much this evening. Our thanks to Mayor, current Mayor, Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan, State Senator Coleman Young II for a very informative and engaging hour. Thank you both. We want, also want to thank our panelists, Kimberly Gill from WDIV, Christine Ferretti from the Detroit News, Chastity Pratt-Dossey from uh, Bridge Magazine and Detroit Public Television for the great uh, hard work on all the questions. Uh, we are now going to continue the conversation on these issues over at clickondetroit.com. I hope you'll join us there for our uh, post-debate webcast. We've got a number of guests coming in. To